Welcome to The Wrap, a Warren Averett podcast for business leaders designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it so you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day. Time is tight. That's why our advisors have wrapped up today's most timely topics into a podcast with actionable advice. Now, let's get down to business. Hey, Paul. Morning, Kim. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you today? Good. I'm excited to welcome Hanny Ackle to the podcast. Hanny's one of our partners here uh, in our Birmingham office where we're recording from today. And Hanny, you lead our transaction advisory services group, uh, which helps clients on the buy and sell side of transactions. But we're excited to talk to you today about that. So Glad welcome. to be here. Thanks for having me. So Hanny, this is obviously a hot topic right now. I know that it feels like, and you can confirm this or not, but it feels like the transaction world is at a peak that kind of an all-time high of activity in terms of businesses that are going through some sort of transaction. So is that, am I correct in my, in my assumption Absolutely. here? Absolutely. We're busting at the seams and I think every other uh, M&A practice in, in the country is busting at the seams. So. Which is great that there's movement like that and the economy is, is growing and um, as long as, as we're in that kind of economy, we'll, we'll keep this work going, right? But, well, it's an interesting time for business owners as well because the baby boomers, as you've mm-hmm. heard, are, are starting to get to the age of retirement. And so this, sure. is, this is what's fueling uh, this particular situation alongside the economy being great. Interest rates are still low and there's still a lot of capital out on the sidelines looking to invest. Um, so the supply is there and the fact that you've got a generation of business owners that are looking to exit and then you've got the demand because there is money to invest and investors are looking for places to put their money so it's kind of the perfect storm of activity and -hmm. and things are going at at some high numbers as well Mm -hmm. so yes it's driving the prices way up and so absolutely it's a perfect storm and i think the m&a world is is reaping the benefits of that so if if I um, get a phone call, which I, from a lot of conversations with my clients, they, business owners are getting phone calls for people that are interested in their business. How do I know which phone call I take and which phone call is just bogus? Do I take every phone call or what? how do you advise clients just starting there? Yeah, I think in today's market, uh, strategic buyers, and I'll explain this in a second, strategic buyers and private equity groups alike are actually hiring people to cold call are trying to find businesses in a particular area or, you know, in a particular industry that they like. I think, you know, there are a lot of investors out there that have created theses around, you know, what they believe is the next big thing. Um, a lot of it's centered around technology, but there's a lot of manufacturing and others that are, you know, healthcare is a big, big area right now. People have created theses, so they've hired people to make these phone calls. So. You know, I too have several clients and I'm hearing, you know, of all these these business owners that are just getting bombarded with phone calls um, from private equity groups, you know, institutional buyers as we call them, or strategic buyers. So somebody that happens to be in a business like yours um, that thinks they need to roll up, and that's the kind of the, the buzzword, to roll up mm-hmm. these companies like yours to create a bigger company to then turn around and sell to, you know, larger private equity groups. And so how do you know which ones are bogus? I think uh, you have to ask a lot of questions. I don't think you can take every phone call. Um, unfortunately, if you did, it'd be a full-time job and mm-hmm. you'd lose sight of your business and you have to run that business. Um, you have to run it well. And so at the end of the day, I think you have to, 
qualify these these you know random phone callers. I think they need to you need to ask them a few questions about you know who they are and how they got your number and why are they calling you. You know what is their thesis? I think you can ask some questions about that and just making sure you know you understand what they're thinking about your business. And then on top of it, uh, who are they? You know, tell me no different than if you were hiring an accountant mm -hmm. or a lawyer. Tell me why you know you're qualified to you know buy my business because you know I have a legacy here and I want to make sure this sure. business stands the test of time. I'm not saying I'm going to sell it or I am or I'm not going to sell it, but. You know, if I was going to sell it, I want to sell it to the right group um, that's going to take care of it and grow it and take care of my people. And so I think it's it's very uh, good practice to ask a lot of questions of the people across the table from you. I wouldn't say you have to meet with them, you know, on the front end or anything, but I'd definitely try to get past, you know, that initial phone call. Don't provide any information. It's more about you asking questions of who are you and why and all these questions. And then have them send you an email of a deck of some sorts of their qualifications. Mm -hmm. So at what point then do you enter into the phase of this discussion of providing information? I think after you feel good about, you know, the folks, meaning you've seen their, you know, materials, whether it's a website, which obviously we all know anybody can create an awesome website. So don't just look at a website and assume they're highly qualified you know, to purchase you. I would say, you know, get their deck, make sure you feel good about these people, try to call references, if you will, those that, you know, are credible references. Mm -hmm. um, make sure you feel good about what you've seen. And once you get past that and you feel like, you know, they have a good thesis, you feel good about your conversations up to that point where you guys are really truly clicking, then I would say, you know, making sure you have a non-disclosure agreement in place through it. An attorney has created a very strong one. Make sure you've signed an NDA. And uh, you you both are comfortable with you know the protection of information. Then I think it's it's important to invite those folks down to you, and just make sure that you're sitting belly to belly, and then you can start to you know talk a little bit more specifics about your business. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And you mentioned calling references, but when we get into these kinds of conversations, confidentiality becomes so important and so many business owners are very hesitant to have a conversation with anyone that it might get out to their competitors or you know their clients or that kind of thing. And so they're very cautious about discussing that they're even entertaining an idea to sell their business. So how do you get clients past that? How do you get them comfortable with having those conversations and letting them know that that is something that needs to happen? Yeah, it's 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 a sensitive point. Um, these these business owners do you know feel like they if they even talk to another group that it means they're for sale. Mm -hmm. I think the point is that you're not for sale. Mm -hmm. You know, talking to folks to see how much your business is worth what the interest is is a very healthy way of running your business mm -hmm. that quite frankly adds value to your business when you know where you are mm -hmm. you know in your business as far as the cycles concerned what does the market say about my business so i i strongly suggest any business owner at any point in time whether they just started their business up to it's a mature you know 20 30 40 year old business to whenever, always know what they're worth. It's no different than a public company out there sure. and their stock is trading. We can go out and figure out how much Apple or Google is worth today. 
And if I wanted to go out and buy Apple, I know exactly what it's worth, at least the minimum, right. that I need to pay for that business. That, that particular data point is very, very strong from a business owner's perspective. And so private businesses don't have access to that very easily. And so I would suggest that any business owner always keep their eye on the price. Don't go out and hire a, a group to do a valuation for you because it's only worth what the paper it's written on. Go out and see what people would be willing to buy your business for and be upfront with these folks saying, I'm not for sale. That's the key to this whole thing is saying, we, aren't, we didn't search for you, you found me. Right. I'm not for sale. But if you're entertain, if you want to, you want me to entertain you and go through this process. Happy to do so, but first I need to make sure that you know you're qualified to give me the data point that I'm looking for. And so I agree with you. I think you know confidentiality is really important. That's why that NDA is mm-hmm. is very important. But I also think setting the tone from the beginning uh, is also very important. And we did another podcast specifically talking about how to create value in your company and. One of the biggest points there was that you don't need to wait until you're ready to sell or exit your business to start thinking about how you would do that. You need to start from day one positioning the company to be acquired because that's how you maximize how much it's worth. So to your point here, why wouldn't you at any time know what that value is and and make sure that you don't miss if there is an opportunity to capitalize on that, right? If, if this is the time that you could get the most out of your of exiting, then why not consider it, right? Absolutely. I think uh, no different than owning public stock. I think it's exactly that same way. If you owned Apple stock and you were watching it <coughs> like a hawk and you wanted to make sure you get the most, you, you know, buy low, sell high, you know, that whole philosophy then, you know, you're going to see it at a peak and you're going to hear everybody talking about, you know, everything about Apple and you're going to sell it when you think it's at its all-time high. No different than your stock in your business. You need to keep your eye on how valuable is your business worth and you need to be looking ahead. And if you think in five years from today your business may not, you know, yield the same result, then you need to be looking at it and saying, maybe I should sell today and invest my money somewhere else. I mean, this is one of your investable stocks and you need to be thinking of it in that regard versus it's just a job, right? Sure. And all too often business owners look at their businesses as though it's where they work. Um, What they don't realize is it's their investment and they need to look at it as an investment. Sure, and in the other podcast I'm referencing um, on value creation, if listeners want to go back and listen to that in more detail, but and you talked about it in more detail so we don't have to get into it here, but... Um, the risk that business owners take by keeping all of their net worth in the business and not looking to diversify that and not looking to get out of the business at the right time. There's a lot of risk in that, just as you talked about Mm -hmm. with the public stock, right? If you held on to it just a little bit too long, then you missed your chance. Same thing with with the value that you have in your business. Absolutely. I I mean, there's there's no... There's no right answer here. I mean, none of us know if the market will continue to rise or it will fall. I think we have a lot of economists out there that are predicting recession, uh, but they have been for the last two or three years. We do know today that multiples are as high as they get, and that's just how it has been. But, you know, last year we said the same thing. Right. And so do we know if next year is going to be, you know, as high as it is this year? We don't know. But, you know, again... Back to the, to the point we were making, if you are getting these phone calls, it's very healthy to take the calls, you know, obviously to qualified buyers. Again, 
you know, there are a lot of folks out there that are just making these calls, trying sure. to piece deals together when they don't have the financing behind them and they don't have a thesis. They're just randomly calling. Those aren't the calls that you want to take. Sure. You do want to take the calls from the very reputable groups, and there are several, um, and they're easy to look up and easy to know, or call your advisors like ourselves. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, a lot of the buyers out there in particular spaces. Uh, your attorney or others in the marketplace, your banker. These guys know, you know, of groups. And so if you're looking to entertain these discussions, which we would suggest you do, if you're looking to entertain discussions with reputable buyers, then, you know, that is the best way for you to realize, you know, how much you're worth today. And then you can make a good educated decision on do we continue to operate, you know, where we are knowing our strategic plan or do we consider going to market and actually selling because this is the time we are at the high and, you know, from a financial perspective, this makes the most sense for, you know, the business owner. Now, most people think there is a buyer that is going to buy my business and I'm going to sell it. But that isn't the only way that a transaction could occur. And that's not the only way that a business owner can exit. So what are some other things to consider in terms of how this transaction could play out? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways to exit a business. Um, But the main buckets are, um, you know, like you said, majority sale. Basically, I'm selling 100% of my business to whomever, you know. And in these these markets, it's either a strategic buyer, one that knows your business well and is in your business or a similar business, Mm -hmm. or private equity groups, institutional buyers, those that, you know, are investing in businesses and operating them to the best of their ability. So, Haney, what are the other possible exit options to business owners? Um, others, other ways to sell your business are, you know, a minority sell, which many business owners don't understand. So we talked about having all of your eggs in one basket and, you know, business owners don't realize that they're, you know, most of their net worth, if not all of it is tied up in this one stock, um, which, you know, none of us would ever buy one stock of anything, um, if we had a choice. And so there's an opportunity to do a minority sale. And so if you're not looking to exit your business today, you know, but you want to de-risk yourself, you know, why not diversify by Mm -hmm. selling 20 or 30 or 40 percent of your business? You retain control and all the same rewards that you had before. uh, But what you did do is take some money off the tables, take some chips off the tables, we call it in our industry, take chips off the table and go put that elsewhere, maybe in other markets or invest in real estate, whatever it is you choose to do with that money. You know, you're exiting, if you will, a minority share at the all-time high, if you will. So if today the multiples are as high as they get and you feel like the business, you know, is maybe detracting value down the road, this is your chance to sell 30% of that business at the high, mm-hmm. you know, and go invest that somewhere else, but continue to, to roll 70% in the same business. So minority sale has come to a great option for business owners these days to try to diversify and de-risk themselves. Uh, family succession is always a good one. Um, obviously, uh, your family members don't have to work in the business for you to, you know, create a succession plan to those folks. Um, again, they just have to know how to operate the business. And again, you know, our value creation podcast talked about, you know, creating value through repeatable processes and delegation and management team. You know, if a business has all of those things, then, you know, succession to, you know, other generations within your family could prove to be a nice, you know, wealth generation event for, you know, those folks. So family succession is always good. Uh, management buyout seems to be pretty strong. Again, in smaller businesses, this is more prevalent. But you know, your strong management team 
maybe they choose to buy you out as the business owner and you have done a good job of training them and teaching them about the business. Well, they know the business better than anybody. Now, too often they're, they're expecting you to, you know, somehow finance the mm-hmm. arrangement. And so that's the little bit of the issue with a management buyout. But uh, it also is a good, good situation if you as a business owner handpick these folks and you feel strongly about them then, you know, technically they should be able to take over the business and operate it better than anyone else, uh, some outsider coming in to buy it. So, you know, this is always a great option for the small business owner that has a good team. Um, These guys can buy you out at, you know, market value is uh, what you'd be looking for. Or an ESOP, Employee Stock Option Plan. Basically, this is where the employees buy your business from you. An ESOP has very set criteria. So, you know, there are good situations for an ESOP and there are bad and so uh, if your business happens to qualify for an ESOP, it can be a very good option as well. But again, you know, seller notes, basically business owner financing the arrangement is kind of the big stick there. So, you know, as long as the business owner feels confident in the business and who's going to be operating it going forward, an ESOP can be a very good option as well. And then last but not least, liquidation, you know, and none of us ever want to liquidate the business. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, if you have a lot of equipment in the back, you know, it might be a good option for you know, a business to go ahead and just liquidate the assets, close the doors and send your customers and employees to, you know, a competitor or somewhere else. So, you know, never do we start with liquidation, but sometimes, you know, we have to, we have to debate them. So here on the wrap, we like to finish up, wrap things up in about 60 seconds. What is it the one thing that our listeners need to know about in starting that conversation as it relates to exiting your business or potentially exiting it? I think it can reduce the anxiety for sure. I think, you know, it's this big hush-hush situation. I, I don't want to talk about my business until it's time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and again, as we said, you know, it's never too early to start talking about these things. So yeah, there's a lot of anxiety around it. I think getting to to understand that your business is not for sale just because, you know, you're poking around trying to make sure you're doing right by mm-hmm. your business and your business, uh, your employees and everybody that has a vested interest in this business Uh, It's prudent for you to do that. And so, yeah, I think just going ahead and having the conversation with a trusted advisor is the key. I think, you know, assuming you have one, if you don't, then you definitely need to get one. Uh, And those come in the form of attorneys or your banker, you know, if they're well-rounded enough or, you know, your accountant or accounting firm uh, like ours has a, you know, M&A practice that you can go to that focuses specifically on this area. Uh, I think it's just calling your trusted advisor and having a discussion about it again, like you would lead with those that are calling you, you know, saying, hey, will you sell your business? It's the same conversation. I'm not for sale. Mm -hmm. However, uh, as the business owner and leader, it's prudent for me to, you know, know the value of my business at any given point so I can strategize around that. So therefore, you know, we are having this conversation simply to discuss it. I might be 40, I might be 50, I might be 70 years old. Business is not for sale. It's just that I'm considering, you know, all ways to improve this business. And this happens to be one area that, you know, I need more information on. Well, thank you so much, Annie, for joining us. This has been a very good conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, Annie. We appreciate it. And that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform. To check out more episodes, subscribe to our podcast series, or make a suggestion for other topics to cover, visit us at warrenaverett.com forward slash the wrap.